When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Hi guys. It's happened. It's happened. Is this a bigger moment for you than the takeover happening? Were you waiting for this day, the day that Steve Bruce was sacked, more than the takeover, Dave? No, I think this was like if if the takeover was the first date, this is the third date where we finally get to have sex. Like, So the first date is exciting and who knows what's going to come of this. And the third date is something brilliant has happened. I thought like having sex would be the sports direct signs coming down or Charnley going. That might be when it's fully, it's on. Or maybe that's, maybe that's fifth date. Yeah, maybe that's, um, maybe that's enjoying the silence that you can have with each other after you've been in a relationship for a while. I think that's where that is, where it's just nice. Oh. It's not like a massive big deal, but this feels like a big deal. Okay, and then what what stage of the relationship will be uh, relegation? <laughs> oh, that's that's probably when when you decide which side of the bed you're going to be on, and you get lumbered with the bad side of the bed, and you can't be bothered to argue. It's like depressing, but it'll be fine. Okay, not that bad then. So um, Steve Bruce is gone. This I'm sure he will come up as a regular character in conversation, but this. <laughs> Um, hopefully be the last ever significant conversation on Steve Bruce and uh, what we can now call his legacy. Um, Paul, I'll go to you first. Uh, what, what, what would you like to say? Uh, what, what's your, your, what is your final eulogy for Steve Bruce? I think it was, it's not a surprise that he's gone. I don't think he's a Premier League quality manager anymore. I think he had a lot of criticism, most of it fair, some of it unfair. I'm sure we might come on to that. I think a lot of the blame for the way he's been treated also needs to rest with Ashley. It's a 
it's the type of managerial appointment that happened under Ashley where people are just left out as lightning conductors for all the rage of a fan base and never got rid of tied into that kind of lack of ambition but I think when the dust has settled a bit we might look back and think actually even though he's not a particularly good manager him keeping us in the Premier League the last two seasons whether that's an achievement or not has kind of bridged the way to the takeover I think in a weird way without him keeping us up those two seasons we might not have been taken over I think regardless of how poor a manager he is that might be the closest thing he gets to a positive legacy Dave? Well if that's if if that's the best thing you can say about him his time here that he didn't take us down that's a pretty low bar and it's a low bar that he he nearly didn't manage I mean the uh, people people will look at the the final position in the league and the points totals and say, well, it's 45 points, 44 points. He's, you know, he's, he's managed a club that has been ignored for 14 years and he's, he's managed to deliver a comfortable mid-table finish in two of the se- his two full seasons in charge. So what's the complaint? Well, the complaint is that we went on a run of two wins in 22 uh, we're currently in a, a run of like seven wins in 38. Um, the football has been on the whole pretty fucking bad, certainly disorganised, disjointed. And um, I mean, we're, we're terrible defensively. I think we've conceded like 150 goals or some, you know, some ridiculously high figure that, that no other team has matched in in the, the period, the, you know, the two years. I think he's been prickly with the press, prickly with the fans. For all he says, he's dignified. He's been having pops at previous managers and also having a pop at Eddie Howe because he was linked to the job. He's fallen out with players. He's He, he, he hasn't improved any players. He hasn't, like, there's nothing about the, the, the role of manager that he's successfully done, in my opinion. Actually, no, there's one thing he managed to do, which was to, he, he was able to manage up and he was able to have a better relationship with Lee Charney and Mike Ashley than than certainly Benitez or Hewton or, you know, previous managers have. But that's it. He's, he does, I don't think he deserves the kind of credit that's being asked for from his friends in the media, um, like Luke Edwards, the various pundits, all of these people are, are telling us he's done a good job and I don't think he has. I think he's been really fortunate. Okay. Um, you are actually less uh, sort of, what's the word for it? Less damning than I thought you'd be. Um, oh, I, start, I think he's fucking know. awful and he shouldn't yeah. have to get another Premier League job, but I'm just trying to be a bit more measured. No, no, all good. Yeah, yeah, all good. Here's what I reckon. Nobody asked. Uh, Okay, fine. All right, we'll move on to the next thing. <laughs> no, sorry. Go on. Here's what I... Well, I've written a poem. <laughs> um, he should have never been hired, right? That Giving him the job, it was a bad choice for the job. Probably a bad choice to manage any Premier League club, really. I agree that he's not a Premier League standard manager, if he was ever, he's certainly not now. I agree with that. 
uh, I think the, the contract that he was signed on, now that I sort of understand more about it, was insane. <laughs> and I'm not suggesting genuinely that there was any sort of like thing uh, dodgy going on from his point of view. But if you were to design a contract to incentivize bad management, you could not do much better than this. Because the way the contract worked apparently was that is he is on a low wage, but it's a rolling contract. So he's basically permanently employed as manager by Newcastle. But if you sack him, he gets 8 million quid. So that <laughs> his big prize the whole time, his only financial incentive was to get sacked. I don't think he deliberately managed the team poorly in the hope of getting sacked. I do think uh, that since uh, the takeover, he's been thinking, well, come on then. I, think, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he managed poorly deliberately in the Spurs game, but, you know, they wouldn't be surprised if there was an extra couple of days thrown off, thro- thro- d- days off thrown in to sort of go, well, come on in. We all know what's going <laughs> yeah. on here. I think that the Newcastle fans who are suggesting for a long time that he should walk away, I think that's ridiculous, Partic- particularly when the, it's one thing to say it when Mike Ashley is in charge and to say, like, well, Mike Ashley's never going to fire you, but you're obviously bad for the club, walk away. When your owners now are like make us the richest club of all time and supposedly we can splash the cash all over the place, they can pay that 8 million quid. He signed a contract, honour the contract. It's a stupid contract, but they knew about it and that's what we, that's my piece on that. Yeah. I, I, I think, but you know, I think, yes, he is prickly. He says the wrong things. I think that the one big thing that I can say in his favour is that from the second he walked in, constantly, every fucking week, we've heard, we're going down, we're going down. If Steve Bruce stays in charge, we're going down, we're going down, we're going down. We didn't. We didn't go down with him in charge for two seasons in a row. We finished, in the end, comfortably, fairly, comfortably above relegation. You can throw out all these stats at me about how he managed a terrible team and a lot of that is hard to argue with but he did keep them up despite people constantly saying that he would send us down and no one ever ever admits that no one ever says oh i've been saying the same thing every week for two years and it hasn't happened but i'm just going to move on now and well, i think a lot like of, i never said that i think a lot I of think- fans as well pick a sample of he got seven wins in the last 38 games. I'd say there's two more relevant samples of 38 games that you could choose for to measure how well he did, which is the two seasons. But I also think he probably would have taken us down this season, but we won't know that. The only one I think he probably would have done. And I, th- I also think he should, he should have been sacked in yeah. the middle of that awful run last season. That was so bad that, the I that he wasn't sacked then was ridiculous. But yesterday, one one thing I wanted to bring you up on the reason that people were saying he's going to take us down 
um, in the before he was um, before he was um, like taking a game, people were saying, "I'm not confident. I think he'll get us relegated." It's because they've looked at his entire history, and he was statistically the worst points per game manager we to have managed. Ma- yeah, yeah. Podcast. And I know you. I know you. Said he managed like Birmingham, books. Wigan. Doesn't matter. The the, the fact is that yeah, you look yeah. at he, no, it doesn't because obviously if, if he was. No, because if he was a competent manager, he would have done better than he did even with those limited um, teams. He would have shown some some semblance of tactical acumen. He would have been able to improve players on a small budget. He would have all these things that a manager can't do, he can't. And all of the criticisms that were laid at his door a fucking decade ago that he was out of touch uh, that he was, um, he would start well and then it would drift away. That his defenses were terrible. That his midfield never got a control of the game. That he made some all of the criticisms. He hasn't learned from it in ten years of managing. Like I, think, I think some of that's true, so, but I think the points per game thing. If you use that as a measure, then Frank Lampard is a better Premier League manager than Tony Pulis, Roy Hodgson, Roy Hodgson yeah. Eddie Howe. Who's the Burnley one? Sean Dyche. That's, I don't think that is the best sample because that is going to be skewed by the level of teams you get. And you don't, you can be a specialist of managing lower half the Premier League table teams, which I don't think Bruce is now, but I think once upon a time he was. And you're not going to have the best points per game. I think we all no, agree so- he wasn't good enough for the Newcastle job, but I think a lot of fans are reluctant to admit that he did. He performed above expectations, and I don't um, think we should be uncomfortable admitting that. And he, it's always so selective, right? So we we have conceded an insane amount of goals under Bruce. Our defence was uh, an overperforming good defence under Benita under Benitez, and now it is possibly we're competing with Norwich probably probably for the worst defence in the league, right? I. There's no doubt about that. But not as much as the defence has uh, has decreased in standard. The, our attack, we're scoring more goals than we did before. We are, our, our, there's, you know, that is never mentioned. I, th- I think it is mentioned and it's mentioned in the, in the, um, it's basically, you talk about who we've got as an attacking unit now and you can't get away from the fact that they are, better attackers. Alan St. Maximum is better than Iozo Perez. Callum Wilson is a more complete striker than Salomon Rondon was. We have better players and there isn't a, and there isn't the, an attacking the, style that and we the terrible play. runs the terrible runs certainly the one last year coincided with those players being out. And it, it, it comes back to the fact that the reason that we were scoring goals is because we've got better goal scorers not because we're as a team better at scoring goals. Because all of the goals were coming from like Willock when he was on that unbelievable run that he hasn't been able to replicate. That Alan Sir Maximum, Callum Wilson, these are these are just very good at putting the ball in the back of the net or very good at attacking. It's there's not a plan. So Bruce, I'm not giving him I'm not giving him any fucking credit for keeping. I know this is the thing. As we're I good enough. I do, look, we're good, we're, 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 that, that squad's good enough. Yeah, I was just going to say that that squad's good enough to finish comfortably safe with relegation, and it was only the final game of the season that got us comfortably safe last season. So, it, to probably finish it off, but you know, 
I'm going to use my prerogative to have the final word say on Steve Bruce for all time. The point I will always make is that I accept that I've, I've, I've given you this. I've given you, he should have never been signed as manager. I've given you, he should have been sacked a year ago. I've, I've given you that he is not a Premier League standard manager. All of this stuff, I can give you all of that. But I still think a lot of the criticism is so over the top. It's like, it's, you can say he's a shit manager. You can say he should be sacked and he shouldn't have been signing all this. It's when you start throwing in thing, things like just ignore the fact and just as if it's irrelevant that we stayed up. Or if we score goals, it's like, yeah, but that's because of the players. As if goals aren't scored by players in other teams. Or if we, it's like there's never a single... And goals conceded aren't the fault of the players, only goals scored. It's sort of... I think we've had this for a while where even though Bruce is shit, in the eyes of some people, anything we do badly is down to Bruce. Anything we do well is in spite of Bruce. And here's a, here's a prediction for you. If we go on to have a relegation battle, which it seems like a good, it's a good chance that we will, no matter what standard manager we get in, for the whole of the season that manager is going to be protected by, people are going to slag off Steve Bruce for the whole of this season. And anything that goes wrong this season is going to be blamed on Steve Bruce. who's just always been a lightning rod for every, anything that's wrong. And anything good is nothing to do with him. So, you know. Anyway. I just don't, yeah. I, I'm not allowed the final say, so I'll... I just I don't see what good he's done bar meet that very low bar. When he was appointed, if you were told he would keep us in the Premier League for two seasons and then we'd get taken over, you would have taken like you'd have taken that, surely. You'd have said that. Yeah, but feels I, I, above, I still, that's above I still what we all criticized him for the shit football. No, because yeah, the, the football. We played Look, we, bad football. I, I don't he want still to, I, performed above expectations. I I don't think he. No. I, I, well, I, he I, I understand. Everyone we said we were going to go there. down because we because he was in charge. We didn't. I think there are so many factors that for the for why we stayed up. I think the weather to say to <laughs> say that to say that Steve Bruce is the reason that we stayed up is. Um, myopic. I don't think it, that's true. It's you just insane. Look, it's the most insane thing I've ever heard. The manager myopic. had something to do with the team staying up. I just—it's just insanity. Yeah, the, yeah, the season before, it was only because of Rafa that we stayed up. Nothing to do with the players. Our defense was better in that season than it was after yeah. Steve Bruce had longer with it. How do you? Our, like, our, our defense. I'm not saying Steve Bruce is good. This is a problem. We're not arguing Steve Bruce is a good manager. It's just this refusal to accept that he wasn't universally awful and that he hasn't been, on occasion, harshly judged. I think some of the personal abuse that he's received has been over the top. I think criticism of his tactics, playing style, personality in press conferences, all of that, I think, has been entirely, entirely justified. 
I think, I think pe- fans, fans, fans using hyperbole, fans using hyperbole to say that he's shit by saying that he's going to take us down. I think fans are quite within their rights to use hyperbole when it comes to someone like Steve Bruce. It's not who, hyperbole, is it? People was people meant it when they said he's going to take us down. Right? In, in the same, in the same way as like fans say, well, it would just be typical Newcastle to concede now. They use hyperbole. They. It's it's a common thing in football. I'm not like I'm not. So giving, they didn't mean it when they said we were going to go down. They, I reckon, what they meant when they said he's going to take us down is probably similar to what I meant, which is I wouldn't be surprised if he took us down because he's a shit manager. Okay, and yeah, um, unlike Rafa Benitez, he never got us relegated. <laughs> 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 And who was the other manager who got us relegated? Challenge. An ambassador. The, bring the statue back into the ground. Scandalous. Get some more um, clay, build a bigger <laughs> statue around that statue of Steve Bruce. Yes. Yeah, no, I think... You'd need I a lot we're of all, clay. We're all on similar... I don't any of us think Bruce's time as our manager was great. I think a lot of the defence of him as well is like, well, he's a nice guy, but it's... It's not really relevant to him as a football yeah. manager. And I will give you, I am not the voice. I think that a lot of the defence of him by, rent a quote, pundits in the media has been awful. It's, it's just been absolute bollocks. I will completely give you that. Can I, can I ask a question on that point? Do you think that the defence of Steve Bruce by the rent quotes has, I don't know, stoked the fire of anger and resentment towards him from the fans because yeah. they're seeing terrible football being told by quote-unquote experts that it's he's doing a good job and they're like no he's not yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. Fair i think yeah, kind of but i think also the biggest defense i've seen of him came from alan st maximin after he was sacked i think i thought that was really classy but i think he means it as well i don't think that's just I, someone putting something i don't doubt I do. I, I, I think it'll be I, interesting I think... to see how St. Maximum does if we get a more tactically astute manager who expects <laughs> attacking players to also defend in some way. I'm not sure he'll get the level of freedom from any other manager that he had under Bruce. And we, I'd really like there to is touch a world on that one. Where, yeah, there's a world where we may have seen the best of St. Maximum under Steve Bruce, but been a weaker team for it. I'd love to talk about that when when and if we talk about the potential replacements for Bruce. Yes, well, we will. So let's have a break and then we'll have a quick chat about the Spurs game and then we will go into who could replace, who can fill the boots of <laughs> Steve Bruce. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. So, the last game of the Sea Bruce era, uh, myself and Paul were lucky enough to watch it together. Um, it was against Spurs. It was at home. I think many people were surprised that Steve Bruce was still in charge. I mean, one of the last things we can say about him is why the, this was a very odd 10 days to two weeks waiting for him to be fired, and I don't know why that happened. It didn't happen earlier. But the game itself, Paul, thoughts? I mean, it couldn't have started much better. 
I think it's true. It's like the first game of the season, right, against West yeah, Ham. Yeah, it, it felt identical to the West Ham game in terms of the start and then the capitulation and the lack of <laughs> any kind of game plan. Players all over the shop, out of position, gaps between defence and midfield. There were a lot of problems, but I think for those sort of three minutes, you're like, <laughs> oh, this is, this is nice. Yeah. yeah well, to to be that. fair, I, I think the first 10 minutes, I think the the atmosphere in the crowd and the excitement of the takeover and all the rest of it, I think the players went out all guns blazing. And yes. for the first 10 minutes, we were energetic. There was so much movement up front. The first, like, Wilson's goal was the kind of goal that we should be capable of scoring more regularly because that's why having him back makes such a big difference because he's the only player on our team will make that run right except mm. for maybe Dwight Gale yeah but also having like Mankio uh, on the overlap pass St yeah. Maximum just obviously St Maximum is going to draw two players to him in the in, in the opposition box which will continue will, will always constantly mean that the overlap in fullback on whichever flank St Maximum pops up on will kind of have a free run. Uh, it's a great cross, really, really good cross. And like you say, the the run that the only only Wilson and maybe Gale would make, oh, it was a great goal. And I th- genuinely, at that point, I was like, fucking hell, we might win this. And then 10 minutes later, <laughs> like, we just took the foot off. And I think they looked knackered after that back. 10 minutes where we were closing everyone down. It looked like it any of our players could have got sent off because we were just piling into everything without much control. And then after about 10 minutes, it's just like, they look completely... I mean, our fitness levels haven't looked great, but I think the mixture of adrenaline and build-up and just everything that's gone on, and that's... I think also I think also having seven days off in 11, I think that'll... These yeah. are like supposed to be elite athletes they they need more than that they need conditioning um so hopefully that means that you know whoever is the new manager will will have them in in the training ground more than like four days out of 11 sure but it's going to take a long time to turn that around and just this squad in general a lot of those players have been there a long time very few of them are most of them are declining as footballers yeah uh, you know whether that's to do with management or just their age certainly people like Richie and Shelby or whatever they're passing the peak of their careers um well that back that back four was the same um same players who played in the championship yeah mm, I yeah. mean that's ridiculous I think it's so, all like do you see Jamie Carragher talking about our defense and saying it is a it's a championship defense. I think I think it's sort of ignoring the tail end of last season. I don't think we're suddenly a te- like the worst team in the league. I think personnel-wise, even the, our back four isn't necessarily one of the worst three defenses. I think the back four we've been choosing, having Matt Ritchie at left back and then Lascelles and Clark together, I think that's that's not our best back four. I would. Say. I don't know why Fernandez isn't getting in the team. I feel like Cher should be getting in ahead of an unfit Lascelles and a Kieran Clark just looks spent. 
think there's not mm. much there anymore. Yeah. And the, one, the, one, the, the thing for me that I feel desperately needs sorting out before the defence, just any, when I think about any game where I've sat down and watched us this season, is we just don't have a midfield. Mm. And, and uh, I'm hearing that we we might not be spending that much in January, but my pretty please Christmas present would be, I mean, this is probably unrealistic. Unreal, I could imagine Man United going after him. Would be Calvin Phillips. I just, or someone like him, just, um, I imagine there aren't many players like him about, but someone who can just, Get the ball, like just someone think, in the middle who can who just can't be bypassed and just ran through. I think with better organisation, though, like if you think back to when he- when Hayden and Longstaff started playing together, there was right. that game against Man City where Guardiola was saying we couldn't cope with Hayden and Longstaff. Right, as a part, I think they can do it if they're organised. Like I think that may have been a freak time where they both hit their best form at the same time yeah i don't they're not incapable i think they're just not really being we've not been set up particularly well certainly the last few i think i think what we need to do is um change the change the system that we've been playing so that we get um the that there's less space between defense and midfield and midfield and attack and that doesn't mean that we have to be super compressed. It's just like how you set up the the players and where they play and what their their roles are. And it is organisation. I think Hayden he he has gone on runs of form where he's looked really good. And we, I mean, we were we were very very impressed with him. But I do think that his level is probably bottom end of the Premier League top of the the championship and I think there are midfielders out there not maybe not to the same standard as Calvin Phillips um, but there's certainly I mean that boob, is it Bubakar Kamar Bubakar Kamara or something yeah he's available and he won't be that expensive because his contract's running down and it, it's feasible for us to use the loan system because we haven't got um, anybody on loan I don't think oh um uh, Santiago Munoz but apart from him we haven't got anybody on loan in the first team so we could go out and loan somebody with a view to buy them and, so, and like you know put that on a, a a later payment date so we could get a, a good central midfielder in that allows players like Almiron Willick to sit beside them and, and do the, the the running in in the attack and just be that defensive midfielder that we've been crying out for since fucking Tiote. So yeah. I think that's 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 an easy that's an easy fix. Just buy a better player for that position. But the defence in the midfield, they need coaching. They're they're just not there's no organization there. That's no that's one seems to know what their role is and most players are changing position at least once in every game. Which yeah. isn't ideal. Well, it looks like we are going to get um, the chance to see what the great Graham Jones can do when given the reins. You know, will he change the system to something else or will he do exactly the same system because this is his system? Who knows? Um, 
So, and well, hopefully he won't be in charge for too long because hopefully we'll get the new managerial appointment sorted. Mm. Before we get onto that, it was a flattering scoreline, wasn't it? There was that moment when suddenly out of nowhere we, we uh, got an old, uh, another goal back. Mm. <laughs> that, was a, that was an hilarious own goal because Dyer was under no pressure. There wasn't a black and white shirt anywhere near him. And I think he's gone to either chest it or maybe like provide a soft header, but it's just come off his knee and gone in the back of the net. There was, we, even after that goal, we weren't, we didn't then suddenly stop pressing or anything. So that was a weird one. Yeah. John Joe Shelby deserves a mention, but we might get on to him. I was going to say, was their second goal or their third goal? We didn't, or our second goal, I should say, we didn't have a shot on target after Wilson's opener, but still <laughs> scored another goal. We were, I think, four-one would have been a far more fair result. Mm, definitely, there is a world in which that was, that could potentially be John Joe Shelby's. No, we're in October. I was going to say that could be his his last action as a Newcastle United player. I'm, I, I don't think I don't think that's that's crazy because I think whomever the new manager is, each of the one each of the the managers we've been linked with, they all demand a lot of pressing. They all demand a lot of energy, and they all demand like tactical, um, like a, a adherence to a tactic. And John Joe Shelby doesn't do that, and he's you know he's he's older now, so he doesn't do any running. And he's what not delivering at the other end of the pitch. So what's the fucking point in John Joe Shelby? What Shelby it could be the last you, time. I think what you're underrating about Shelby, Dave, is that every year you will get a news story about how he's hired a personal trainer to get more fit and a new chef. <laughs> and I don't see many other players bringing that. So I think you need to lay off him a bit. I'd be interested to see also, because he was one of the uh, senior footballers that appeared to be within Bruce's, um, like, camp. Uh, so it would be interesting to see if if Jones and then the subsequent permanent manager, if they keep him in the in the thinking at all, because with, with, his, with his, like, support gone, with, with Bruce not there, would you pick him? I, think I just wonder whether, because of the size of our squad and before... January, you just might need that extra midfielder just to to pick up some minutes. Yeah, I mean, I think on his day in the right system, Shelby is useful, but that's in quite loose terms. But useful compared to all our other central midfielders. Mm. But I think I don't think he has a long term future at the club. No. Okay, well, um, speaking of the long term future of the club. Uh, we've got a question here from uh, the Reverend Joe Kinsella on Twitter. Lord he says, of all the genuine and realistic uh, realistic candidates for the manager's job, who would be the best and worst appointments? Dave, you, have you got some opinions? Uh, my personal pick, because it doesn't like sound like Eden Terzic is even in the running. So my personal pick would be um, Paolo Fonseca, um, right. currently out of work. Last, he was last at Roma, and and he's he's a tactically aware 
young manager who has improved a lot of the the teams that he's taken over. Things didn't work out with him at Roma, but there's a whole mess going on there about like they had a takeover and the sporting director left and the previous manager to um, Fonseca had spent a lot of money on players who didn't work out kind of like a QPR way. Um, so I, I, but the way he has the teams playing is very attacking. He's got a really good um, uh, win and draw uh, record. I think he's only like, it's something like, and uh, forgive me if I get it a little bit wrong, but it's something like 75% of his, his results are a win or a draw across sure. his career. And he was and, to go back to a previous conversation. He was managing teams like Roma and Shepton. Donetsk. No, he he was taking. Wigan. He was taking. No, he was taking teams, Portuguese teams as well. It's not all yeah, top he, level. He was taking Everything. a team that had never been in the Champions League to into the Champions League and yeah. keeping them up there consistently. And it was a small club, and um, so he's not just a manager at the top level kind of guy. He's yeah. he's building and building and building. So I like, like the sound. I like the sound of Fonseca, but I, I must. I'm like, can we bring him in at the beginning of next season? Because like this attacking football and and all of this sounds great, but like with this squad, he plays from what I read and have seen. He plays possession based attacking football, mm-hmm. and one, I'm very skeptical that that we can do that with these players and even if he can make signings in January, I mean, how many realistically can he bet in? And we're, he's never managed in England. That doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, but he's going to be straight into a, a relegation battle. I love the idea of it. It could be amazing, but I'd rather not go down this season. I mean, I had saw someone say, yes, this will never happen. But I quite like the idea of like someone like Roy Hodgson for a season, stay up, and, and, and then bring in Paolo Fonseca. But, you know. Well, I do think there is a world where that's the plan with Graham Jones. Because I think, as we saw with getting rid of Bruce, there is the, the way we're set up isn't suited to quick decision-making. And I think, I think Graham Jones might be given at least the Palace game and if you mean in terms well, of the, the new owners? Yeah. Yeah, the quick decisions. Are, I think Staveley and the others seem to make the footballing decisions, which then have to go off to Piff, who then yeah. quite spend a long time deliberating over it and have their own ideas as well. So I think it wouldn't be the worst idea. The main front runners, though, it seems to be Fonseca seems to be the favourite, and then it's Eddie Howe and Lucien Favre. I can't pretend to know yeah. a huge amount about which. From what sense. I read, it's it's uh, not massively dissimilar to to mm. Fonseca in the sense that he also plays attacking I possession based football. Yeah, I think the main one, problem one is thing none I'm, of the people yes, we're linked to are suited to the predicament we're in. Uh, there's there's a compromise with all of the candidates, whether it's lack of Premier League experience. Uh, being relegated from the league before, in Howe's case, with some of the players we've got now. There's no standout candidate where you think that would be exactly who we need to come in right now. What I would point out is that, the, like certainly with Favre and Fonseca, these are two 
good, like very good football managers. They were linked with the Spurs job. They were linked with, you know, at that end of the table, fine. But I've made the argument before, if you were to drop Klopp into the Norwich side, he would get them playing better football than they are now. And he, he he's so good that he could keep them up. If you if you were to drop a, a good manager like Fonseca or Favre into this squad, I think there's enough in this squad for us to get out of a relegation battle with a good manager. And certainly if, if in January we can bring in three or four new faces, maybe one permanent, maybe a few loans, I don't know, those three or four would allow him to play closer to the the style that he wants to, us to eventually be playing yeah. um, a lot quicker. So th- things like we've got Fabian Shah, who's not getting a lot of game time. He could certainly, he is a ball playing centre half. And yeah. we've got like Jamal Lewis, who I don't know if he's going to be any good, but with good coaching, he might come good. Mm-hmm. You've got, like Longstaff, who for all his faults is usually pretty tidy when it comes to shorter passing. It's only when he starts going for the long balls that yeah. that he loses possession. So we've got the bones of it. Um, so Favre or, or Fonseca, in my opinion, could, could, could definitely right. get like side of this. It. I think, were, like Fergus is saying, time. though, the the amount of coaching it would take because. Like if you imagine if Benitez was available, you'd be like, "That's the perfect fit." Now, he could off immediately offer that level of organisation, keep us up this season, and have a springboard to build on. Whereas, but even then, it's sort like, of like when, turning when, a tanker but, around, trying to train these players who've only really worked under Bruce and Benitez for us to suddenly become a team that's never been able to dominate possession suddenly becoming a free flowing passing side. I like the idea of us ending up at that point, but. I, I think in terms of when to try and convert a team from what we currently are to that. This there is was that goal. Do you, remember that goal? Do you remember that goal we scored, scored in the championship under Benitez against Ipswich from the kickoff? It was like a oh, minute yeah. of passing. Yeah. So the, do that again. When you when you bring up Benitez, <laughs> Benitez had eight games to to keep us up, and within those those eight games, he very very quickly got us organized defensively and solid i think a decent manager would be able to get us more solid more controlled and better up front than we currently are and i think there is there there are 30 games left in the season to play for and i'm i'm pretty comfortable that this squad can get the 40 points that we'd need to stay up i hope so but when you think just to give the other side when you look at, even when you talk about Guardiola and Klopp, when they first arrive at their club, both of them, when they arrived at City and Liverpool, there was a period where they were trying to get their new style of playing, where they were conceding a lot more goals than you would expect mm. those teams to concede. Mm. Because Like Brendan Rodgers, when he went to Swansea, that was, was it Swansea? Where they were conceding quite poor goals, maybe at Leicester. And he was like, "That's that's on me, not the players. It's going to take a long I think time it was to turn that around." So it, it, there's a there's a a time. I, I I think long term, I would love for us and to play exactly that kind of football. And long term, that should be possible. But like when Man City got taken over, however many years ago, they were like 
a mid-table side. They were like, they'd finished 10th the season before or something. And, and um, same with Chelsea. They were like already playing in Europe and stuff before. We're in a relegation battle, you know, and the, the priority I, I, number I one is to survive. <laughs> But I, th- I think it's too early to to say that we're we're in a relegation battle. Sure. I know we're yeah, 19th yeah, yeah. currently, but we're, we're not like we're not cut adrift no. yet. Yeah, so, it's not March. It's not March. It's October. Yeah, no. yeah. exactly. So I, th- I, think I think there is there honest- is an argument for Graham Jones if he does okay. If we can get any manager who can get us through this season to 15th, and then you suddenly have a much wider pool of managers, and you have a sporting director, it's time to come in do the sort of due diligence and cherry pick the manager they want. It sort of feels like the better way around, but it, it, the noises coming out seem to be that it might be Fonseca soonish. Hmm. I, I, I certainly heard that Fonseca was coming to Tyneside, which could just be another interview. Well, the I word on the street is that, I mean, <laughs> it is a thing that he was apparently like all lined up to get the Spurs job. Yeah. They were just sorting out the contract. And then he had an interview and his interview was so bad with Spurs that they just, they completely, he completely went out of the running for the job. I want to know what he did in that. Yeah. Interview. Well, apparently his, that interview so his contract bad? was agreed in principle. And then he met with Levy and discussed his footballing philosophy for Spurs. And that was it. <laughs> But I think yeah. his version of events is that he wanted to play a lot more attacking football than Spurs' his director of football did. And that mm. put them off. Maybe, well, you, you look, maybe he was just really shit. But then, but then you look at how he's played, you know, how he's managed and coached teams. It's always been attacking football. And you look at who they eventually went for, Jose Mourinho, mm. who fundamentally does not play attacking football. It, does, it could be that... Could also be the tax issue that I've heard that he wanted more money than than Levy was willing to pay. Yeah. Right, could be that. Maybe that was what he was doing in the interview. I think the main more money, is, more money, more money. He's a, he's a sexier manager than Steve Bruce. There's no getting away from that. Yeah, and he's got a better nickname. What's the Fonz. Nickname? Ah, Fonz. There Fonz. aren't many. There aren't many managers in in the running who, who will not, I will concede up the sexiness of our manager, <laughs> of the managerial post. I just think the aim of this takeover should be to assemble the sexiest squad and managerial team ever recorded in football. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter how badly we play. It'll just be sold out every week. <laughs> so, uh, right. What next? We've, we've talked about some of the candidates, haven't we? Mm. Um, shall I go in a little bit more on Twitter? Don Minna yeah. says, what Premier League team should I, will you support next year when Newcastle goes down? I mean, what are you talking about there, Don? That's. I think there is a good chance we will go down. Maybe good chance is harsh. But I think as well, being the richest club in the world in the championship would be amazing. Um, Henrik Larsson said, "What says, what's your favourite Brucey moment and how much are you going to miss him? I mean, 
the standout mm-hmm. moment is um, how good is the bacon? Did you say, or how was the bacon? Sort of the standout moment of the Steve Bruce era. Yeah, he didn't. At, at no point did I warm to him. <laughs> Sorry, but you, you've hidden that well, Dave. <laughs> the people spitting out their drinks here and there. There were some good results. There were some good results in performances, like the win over Leicester at the end of last season. One of the wins over mm-hmm. Everton. It wasn't all lucky wins. There, I think there has to be a bit of credit. So well, we'll go over old ground there, won't we? Uh, Alex Fusco says, will there be a Roger Le Carre slash Steve Barnes crossover? Uh, that's a reference to uh, now, of course, myself and Steve Bruce are in competition as uh, published crime authors. Maybe we'll go oh. back to his his, um, his authorial career. I think if you were to put a paragraph written by Steve Bruce and a paragraph from your I don't know, pa- parody crime novel, is that what you call it? Yes, that's it? what it is, yeah. Yeah, if you were to put them side by side, I think it would be difficult to, to work out which one was which. I think we should say as well, because Fergus is too humble to plug his book properly, but Once Upon a Crime by Fergus Craig is now available in all good bookshops and on Audible. Yeah. And on Audible, and, and it's available as audiobook on your phone, Apple Books or Google Play Books. <laughs> In, in Apple Books, it's currently um, the number five best-selling audiobook in the country. Is, is just is ahead of Dave Grohl. Is it ahead of John Le Carre's? Yeah, John Le Carre is is in number eight. <laughs> I'm ahead of Richard Osman. <laughs> yeah, good. I'm well ahead of Miriam Margoyles. Margulies. Margulies. Uh, her as well. Uh-huh. Work with her. Um, it's hard work. Horrible woman. <laughs> Horrible woman. <laughs> really? Okay, well, nah, she, she's there's, a, there's a scoop you don't get many, on many Newcastle United pods. <laughs> right, our next uh, game is this Saturday. It's away at Crystal Palace. Graham jo- Jones is likely to be in the dugout for us, in charge it's what do you reckon Paul I'm in the weird position where I've seen Palace more this season than Newcastle in the Mm. flesh I've been to two Palace games they're a very different prospect to normal they're actually quite a decent football inside and in Conor Gallagher they've got a midfielder who I would love us to sign totally I'm in love Mm -hmm. with Conor Gallagher I've I've also been to see uh, Palace twice this season Conor Gallagher I'm obsessed with him I don't know if he's if he's if he'll ever be like good enough to play for Chelsea, to you know, but he is like he's just my kind of footballer. He's just like just, he is just he never stops running. He's just yeah. all over the pitch. So box I think we we are going to need to be a bit more defensive and a bit more well organised. It'd be interesting to see whether we go back to a back five or keep a back four. If we go back to Graham Jones, was particularly attached to that split strikers formation that mm. worked for a little bit last season and then didn't. I think that's I think with St. Maximin and Wilson up front, that's not the worst setup for us. So I think St. Maximin, if he's playing on the wing, affords you very little defensive cover. But I can't can you remember was that with a back five or a back four, that system? I think it was back five mainly. 
wasn't the whole point of the split striker thing that it was solving the problem of us not having Callum Wilson. And, and now we do. I think we, mm. we played with him a bit as well. Maybe. I think, and then he got injured. But either way, I think Palace are a, a better football inside than they have been. And you look at our personnel, we are much better set up for being a sort of quite deep, counter-attacking team I think we sort of need if it's a back four then I think you want Hayden and Longstaff sitting just in front of that and then focusing on just breaking quickly of Almiron St Maximum Wilson I think they can be got at Palace I think they do concede goals and they, they do concede goals on the break and we've scored as many goals as they have mm. right I would like to a- see I, I would like to see us be to, to concentrate on not conceding. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it's more important that we don't lose um, than, than uh, like, if, if if we draw against Crystal Palace, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, a 1-1 draw, yeah, fine. Um, I think if, if the new man is in the stands for that game, he might be able to have some kind of influence over how it goes or whatever. But Graham Jones taking it for one game is, in my opinion, the same as giving it to like Nigel Pearson for one game when he was at the club, or or you know John Carver under Robson had it for one game and, and won. So I'm, I don't really, again, I don't really care. There's plenty of the season left to play. Um, well, we'll see. Think, I think that. Certainly on the evidence of this season, Palace are a much better side than us. But hopefully, you know, it. there's no doubt it seems that uh, for a while now that dressing room has been quite toxic and a lot of that is, has been to do with Steve Bruce. There's no doubt that there's a lot of those players who had lost respect for Steve Bruce now that he's gone. They know that whoever ends up managing them next will be watching this game and they'll, they'll, they'll want to impress them because this is, you know, this is a, a big moment. You know, some of them will have hopes that they could stick around and end up playing for a, a more successful side than they ever imagined that it might, might do, you know? You, can, you don't have to be the most talented footballer in a Premier League if you're like a hard worker and good in the dressing room and useful you can end yeah. up you know well, you we're know, moving we had, always had the successful Man United had always had loads of players who <laughs> wouldn't necessarily they wouldn't get signed for another top four side yeah. but they, they won a West lot Brown. of yeah. yeah West Brown John O'Shea like different yes. era but I was watching if you've not seen I Believe in Miracles, the Brian Clough Nottingham Forest film, it's an amazing documentary. But when he took over, they were in the middle of what is now the championship. And within three seasons, they'd won the Champions League or the European Cup as it was then twice with five of the players that were in that second division team. So it's sort of the right manager can make an average player a crucial part of a team. It's like Danny yeah, who, who, winning the Premier League with Leicester as well. There's sort of there's who always was it, journeyman. Who, was it um, somebody King at uh, Liverpool uh, at Leicester who who'd been with them since like League One or something? 
Uh, Andy it was King, was it? Andy King, that's it. Yeah, he, he'd been there from, from League One up. And, you know, the, you the, if you've got the right mentality and you're a solid professional, you can stick around and, and, well, and somebody, be useful. Somebody did ask, who do we think could stick around? We haven't got long left. We should wrap up. But um, it was Stephen's story. He asked, which, which players... Do we still expect to be at the club in two years' time? And he also asked, do we think we might keep on hold of St. Maximin now? Very quickly, let's assume we'll keep hold of St. Maximin. Who might we be surprised to still see at the club, do you think, in a couple of years' time? Almiron. Sure. And Hayden. I'd be surprised. Dubravka. I don't think that sure. would be a massive surprise in two. I think Hayden yeah, I mean, or anyone... staff could be a crucial part mm. of the team in a couple of years in a way we wouldn't expect now. Yeah. I Jamal if Lewis, you never know. Shouts. Like people who you just wouldn't expect, but somehow they've become... Joe Linton? Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Jacob Murphy? Yeah. Definitely. Build the Fucking team Dwight Gale? <laughs> Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale will be What's in the championship on? by Christmas, I'm sure. What, like a, you reckon? Despite well, creating... Because then we'd have to sign two strikers. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe despite not. creating so many chances this season, Matt Ritchie has been awful. But a younger Matt Ritchie, you might have thought, oh, maybe he could mm. be a sort oh, of... James very quickly. Oh, very quickly on chan- the, the chances created stat. It's it's a pack of bollocks. Bar- it's like... You've put it into the danger area. That's yeah, sure. So actually, on that question, one who might be and who I'd like to see starting in his actual position at the weekend is Ryan Fraser. Mm. I wonder if the the Bournemouth connection with Graham Jones might see Fraser and Wilson sort of prioritised a bit. I'd like that. I think Joe Linton on the bench. I thought Joe Linton didn't have a terrible game against Spurs. I know a lot of Twitter did. But yeah, Ryan Fraser, we've not really done anything with him yet, and he's becoming better the less he starts. We've really got to wrap up now. There's less than a minute left on the Zoom meeting. Give us a score, Dave. 1 1. Paul. 1 0 Palace. Yeah, 2 0 Palace for me. Okay, thank you very much, Paul Doolan. Thank you. Thank you, Dave Watson. Thanks. And thank you to you, the Newcastle Natter listener. Buy my book. All right, bye. if you want to advertise on or sponsor this show check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk sports social podcast network hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus